We could go barefoot, drink cafe au lait instead of milk with our eggs and bacon, and spend our days swimming and exploring and playing, and in Iris's in my case, fighting. We were so busy we never suspected the secrets that hid in the shadows of Hilltop. The last time my sister Violet and I saw Sissy was two years ago, and she was trying to kill us and enjoying herself immensely. But that was sissy for you. She never had been anybody's idea of a grandmother, or a mother for that matter. It was just before Christmas, and Violet and I were on our regular holiday run up to Lake Clare, bearing gifts and a perky little decorated tree, along with the food we and my other two sisters took turns delivering every month. Normally, Violet and I really look forward to our December drive from her place in Clarksville to the northeast corner of the state. We both love the bare-boned splendor of the mountains in winter, and the trip provided welcome escape from the pressures of the season and a chance to visit. But this time, an unexpected Canadian clipper had barreled down on us, sending the temperature plunging into the cold, hard drizzle. By the time I picked her up and got back onto Highway 441, the bank of Habersham sign said 31 degrees, and the pine trees were already bowing slightly under a coating of freezing rain. It took a lot more than the prospect of running off the road to ruffle Violet. Of the four of us Barrett sisters, she was the most stable and well-rounded. Oh, gosh, Violet delved into her huge purse. I almost forgot to call Sissy. We were nearing the fringes of the cellular network, and it wouldn't do to arrive unannounced in our grandmother's isolated mountain realm. Even when we called ahead, there was no guarantee what we'd find when we got there. After dialing, Violet stuck her finger in her ear. We all have mid-range nerve deafness and waited, then hollered, Sissy? Hello, Sissy? She frowned at the phone and muttered, Still plenty of signals, she just hung up. Our grandmother Sissy was almost as hard of hearing as she was crazy, so even the special amplified phone we'd gotten her didn't make communicating much easier. You have to pay attention to the other person for it to help, something Sissy never had mastered. Violet dialed again, waited, then hollered hello again. After a brief pause, she brightened. Hi, it's Violet. We're on our way with your groceries. Pause. Violet! Your granddaughter. Her soft alto voice wasn't made for yelling. No, Daisy is my mother. I'm Violet. She gave the thumbs up. Sissy had remembered Mama, at least, but she crossed her eyes at me when she did it, which made me laugh. Dahlia and I have your groceries. Pause. Dahlia, your granddaughter Dahlia were coming with the groceries. A sigh of resignation and renewed volume. We're on our way with the groceries. Your groceries are coming today. Her lips folded briefly. No, we're bringing groceries to you. The routine was so familiar I could hardly keep my tickle box from tumping over, which would only set Violet off, too. Beside the road, pine saplings were bent double now. I gripped the steering wheel. Let's get her the food and get back home ASAP. Works for me, Violet said. Thirty minutes later, I was relieved to turn off the slick pavement onto the rough tar and gravel road that led over the mountain to the family compound where we'd spent our summers as children. 
The way was steep, but offered a lot more traction than the highway's slick blacktop. It took us another twenty minutes to navigate the cutbacks up and down the other side. But at last we reached the single-lane dirt road at the edge of Sissy's fifty-three acres and scraped our way through ice-laden rhododendrons and mountain laurels down to the turnaround at Hilltop Lodge. Let's take the stuff to the side door so it won't get wet, Violet said as we broke out the umbrellas and hurried to unload. Nobody ever used the side entrance on the veranda, but there was no protection from the elements at the kitchen door, so I agreed. I didn't hear a foxy, Sissy's mangy old red mongrel that she insisted was at least half fox, but the dog was as deaf and ancient as she was, so I didn't think anything of it. Worried that a huge branch might break off and kill one of us any second, we skirted the thick laurel hedge that shielded the little vegetable garden and the kitchen door, then carefully picked our way up the mossy flight of native quartz stairs to the veranda. Built in 1919.